Hi, I'm Murray from Sesame Street, and I'm looking for the word on the street. What's the word on the street? Hello, and welcome to Writing in Real Life, a podcast about writing, publishing, parenthood, and marriage. I'm Barry Liga. With me is Morgan Baden. Welcome to 2016, Morgan. Thanks. We are, and everyone. We are recording. It's, not just me. it's I know, I know, <laughs> but you're the one here. We're recording in the new year. Yeah. And uh, we are slowly closing in on our anniversary of the beginning of this show. I know. Our, our, our first annual episode. It's going to be kind of crazy. We'll have we're, to do something I mean, we're special. We're basically going to throw a party. I, we might end up doing that big nude episode everybody's been asking for. <laughs> get a, we get a lot of email requests for that. That might be what we do. I don't know what it's going to be. We'll do something special for the to, to mark the annual of, of this podcast. So it is, of course, the new year, a time when people look forward, a time when people look back. So let's do that a little bit. I'm pretty excited for 2015 to be over. Well, 2015 is over. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Now we can now we can talk about it. Hopefully, with some sort of uh, objectivity. You know, Holly Black. Yeah. Posted, two days later, we can yeah, talk two days about later. Objectivity. <laughs> Holly Black recently posted her year in review on her website, which I thought was a great idea. I always love reading what, whatever Holly has to say, and I was very angry because I was like, "Oh, I didn't do this. Mm. I should have done this. This is such a great idea." And of course, by the time you're reading people's year in review. It's too late to write your own yeah. because it's, the year's over already and you don't have time to sit down and write it. So it was really cool and it was interesting. It was the good and the bad of what happened over the course of the year. And, and I'm going to... Just like life in generally? Life and general. publishing, all of that, okay. everything. And I, I sort of, you know, I, I hope I can remember to do it for Next 2016. Year. Well, knowing you, you will go ahead and put a calendar reminder for December 1st. I hope. I hope. <laughs> let, let, let's hope that I actually, let's hope that I tell Siri to remind me. But let's talk a little bit about what was our what were our best or our most memorable moments from 2015. Ooh. What what do you think? Um I will say one of my best moments, one of my favorite memories is probably 4th of July weekend. Okay. Which I I like that holiday anyway because I'm usually at the beach. Right. And I I like the beach. Um but this was the I feel like that was really the first holiday that we took with the baby and she was old enough where it didn't feel like more of a hassle than a vacation. Ah. So we went to my parents at the beach and she was I just remember she was a pleasure, and she swam, and we had fun, and well, she slept well. She didn't swim. Well, you know what I mean. She yeah. was in the pool. She was we in the pool. Pool time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that definitely sticks out as as a highlight of the year. Um, it, I, I mean, it's it's hard. Twenty fifteen was a strange year. I started twenty fifteen still on maternity leave. I was going to say, going back to work for you has to be. Yeah. You know, maybe not best moment, but a memorable. No, moment. definitely memorable, and the fact that it was an easier transition than I thought it would be. Yeah. Go, you know, the, I mean, obviously there was a lot of anxiety right before I Because you have back. such a cold heart. Yeah, basically. You just went right back to work. And didn't, <laughs> didn't care about your baby. Left home with me. <laughs> no, but in all honesty, I guess another really fond memory I have of 2015 is watching you flourish as a dad, as a stay-at-home dad. Flourish. Mm-hmm. I love that so, word. I know. It's a good word. It's a great yeah. word. Um, but seriously, that, you know, I, that transition back to work for me from being... Again, at home on maternity leave with a brand new creature to closing the year, feeling like we've got this great little toddler and everything's working out great. So that's cool. Yeah. 
How about you? Uh, You know, for me, there was, I mean, you going back to work was obviously a big milestone. Yeah. Uh, And the fact that I survived, you know, is very memorable to me. Yeah. The fact that I wrote a book at the beginning of the year, it seems like such a long time ago. It feels like such a long time ago. And, you know, if anything, I think what I learned in 2015 is I'm, I'm not the guy anymore who can write a book, finish it, and then move on to the next one. I need a break now. Okay. You know, in between books. Yeah. Uh, which, I will say, you wrote fun. that book really fast and furious, though. Yeah. I oh, mean, sure. that was one of those, like, burnout books. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, so the, the fact that I, I wrote it, Hey, the fact that I sold it, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, I, I wrote it and, and two months after it was finished, we'd sold it. Yeah. So well, maybe three months, but that was, that was pretty cool. And adding on to that, I revised a, a book. Completely. You, revi- you completely, you did a very substantial revision Yeah. while being a new mom, while going back to work. I mean, yeah. that was, that was a I lot. So I, I, I feel like 2015 good year and Hey, we started a podcast. That's true. Yeah. We started a podcast, which is a whole new thing for us. So that was cool. And it was our first full calendar year as parents. Yes. Which is something to remember. That's true. We had, hey, our daughter turned one. Yeah. That, Big deal. That's a huge milestone. Yeah. So thank you listeners for being with us yeah. through that amazing year. Uh, you know, I want to talk about something now that sort of ties in with the theme of looking forward and looking back, which is a letter that uh, was sent into the, I guess, the Ask Polly column of yes. New York Magazine yeah. that you found, and you forwarded this along to me. And I want to talk about this a little bit because I think this, again, this fits in with the idea of looking back and looking forward. And then we're going to go ahead and we're going to, we've looked back, and <laughs> this will be our transition, and then we will look forward. <laughs> Thanks so, for laying out the agenda for me. Yeah, well, you know, whenever you do the show, you have a plan. <laughs> so I just wanted to show people that I have a plan for tonight, even though it just occurred to me as I was saying it. Turning over a new leaf in 2016. <laughs> Not really. So this letter, I mean, do you want to summarize it or should I? You're the one who found it and you were like, oh my God, wow. You go ahead because okay. ba- basically, you know my memory based on the last podcast. Well, that's true. <laughs> the, the upshot of the letter, and we will of course put a link in the show notes so you don't have to rely on our description of it. You can go read it for yourself and I encourage you to. It's, it's, it's really remarkable. It's eye-opening. Yeah. Basically, it is uh, a woman who I believe is middle-aged. She mm-hmm. describes herself. She is a freelance writer, and she is frustrated with her career. Uh, she's been doing well for a number of years. Doing doing solidly. Doing solidly, yeah. yeah, solidly. For a number of years, she makes a decent living, but she has not progressed in her career. And she sees people around her who, I, I don't think she, she denigrates their work, no, but she just all. says, you know... They just, you know, they're not the kind of writer I am, but, and they have just taken off. Mm -hmm. They have, to use a word, flourished (laughs) and their careers have advanced and I'm stuck where I am and nothing I do seems to get me forward. And I'm wondering, should I just give up? Mm -hmm. What should I do? And the response is sort of epically long. It's, I mean, most, I don't really re- ask Polly's are. I don't really read this column okay. on a regular I basis. It column. felt like a really long, it took me, like I had to take a break to go do some things and yeah. then come back and finish reading it. And, you know, I think that sort of question when it has to do with writing and it has to do with GM dissatisfied, what do I do? I think they tend to fall into two different categories. I think there is the category of buck up and keep at it. Mm-hmm. And then there's the category of, you know, it's not for everyone. Go find another way to use your talents. Okay. And what really impressed me about this long, long, long answer was that it did not fall into either of those categories. It basically seemed to say, 
this is how it is. Like it, it acknowledged, you know, whenever somebody complains that their job in the creative arts is not as great as they wanted it to be, I think a lot of times people go, oh, poor you. Yeah. Like, you know, you get to paint for a living, but you don't make, you don't do it enough. Oh, that's so sad for you. And, and this did not fall into that trap. This was, yeah, no, that sucks. Like an acknowledgement that yes, you are a talented individual who has not gone as far as you feel you should be able to. That sucks. And that it started with that. It Mm -hmm. didn't start with, Hey, consider yourself lucky that you can do it at all, which again, that's typically the attitude. And then it went from there to say, but that's what it is. And you know, the only thing you can do is keep trying. And right. it didn't say, hey, you'll make it someday or, oh, try to learn how to be happy with where you are. Again, all the typical advice. Mm-hmm. It basically came down to this is a struggle and you just have to accept the fact that it's a struggle mm-hmm. and keep struggling, which appeals to me incredibly yeah. <laughs> because it isn't, it isn't, you know, helpful, pithy positive advice, you know, keep, you know, keep a stiff upper lip, you know, if you work hard enough, it'll right. get there. Yeah. yeah. That no. sort of, that, mm-hmm. that sort of stuff that I really don't like. If you see it, you can be it, you know, believe in yourself. And she says in the, in the answer too, keep your eyes on your own paper. Right. Which is for me, what it's always come down to, because it is really easy to fall into the trap of, Oh, that writer signed with an agent before me yeah. or, look at that writer. I don't even like his books and look how well he's, you know, it's, it's really easy um, and simple minded to fall into that. And, and you're right. This answer did not subscribe to that newsletter. This, this came at a good time because as I said to you after I read this, and I'm not sure I should admit this publicly, but I mean, other than the fact that it's a woman, I could have written this letter, Yeah, yeah. you know, I'm a middle-aged guy who's done pretty well writing, but is I'm, frustrated with where I am. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what to do about it. And And we fall into this conversation too, where you were just talking about how this answer didn't subscribe to that cliche trap. Right. Sometimes to be very candid, when you and I are having conversations about your career, it is very, uh, my default reaction is, Oh God, shut up. (laughs) You, you have dozens of books out there. You sell your books. You are yada, yada. Like that's, but, but to be fair, your default reaction to pretty much anything I say is, oh, shut up. <laughs> no, I, no. So, so yeah, I see what you're saying and that this was a really helpful thing for me to read too. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've realized that most of my frustrations stem from things I really have no control over. Yeah. And that's what makes them even more frustrating because there's nothing, you know, if there was something I could do about any one of those things. I would do it in a heartbeat, obviously. And that's where eyes on your own paper comes yeah, in. You exactly. literally, as a writer, you cannot do jack about anything except the work you're producing. Right. And right. I, yeah. Which can be difficult because it can be, once you realize how much is out of your control, it can be very difficult. Even forget keeping your eyes on your paper getting the pencil on the paper can be difficult at that point because you start to think, why am I even bothering? Yeah. Like I know what's going to happen when I finish this. I know what's not going to happen when I finish this. I know where it's going to go and where it won't go. And I can't do anything about it one way or the other. So why am I even bothering? And I think that this letter and its response by speaking in terms of struggle, um, you know, just appeals to me this idea that, we, we keep struggling 
even if we don't think we may, we'll win because the struggle itself makes it worth it, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and that's sort of the attitude I'm trying to take going into 2016. Nice. So that's your writing resolution sort of. I hope. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to say of it's course. much more difficult to do on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, and there are parts of me, obviously, where I will always be going, wait, what if I could change this? Yeah. Would that change? No, no. Yeah. One of the toughest things you learn as a writer is that there's nothing you can do. Yeah. Like there's, there's, there's almost nothing you can do to affect your fate. And people will say, oh, we'll write a different kind of book. It's like, well, no, yeah. it, it, you know, you will get lucky or you will not get lucky mm-hmm. and you can't anticipate your luck. You can't prepare for it. It's like the discussion we've had in the past about uh, writing to a trend. Right. You know? Yeah. And I can tell you right now, there are a lot of people out there who wrote vampire books in the early part of this decade thinking they were going to catch the twilight wave and only to find that by the time their book was finished or on a shelf somewhere, everybody was done with the vampires. Right. And so you can't, you can't prepare for those things and there's very little you can do. And that's something you have to accept. And it's a difficult thing to accept. It's a sort of meditative practice almost like what you're talking about here is you, when you catch yourself thinking about those things, you have to stop and correct your thinking. So as you go into the spiral of, oh my God, I can't believe that book sold or whatever, um, you have to sort of be cognizant and conscious of stopping that line of thinking. Right. You know, I, I've always said that, you know, you, you've just got to produce work you're proud of and then just cross your fingers. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. And and that's, and that is so frustrating and so maddening, but that's all you can do. So... Well, I, you know, I will say I sent that link to you when I saw it, but I also tweeted it. Yeah. And it, it went over really well on Twitter. I got a, a ton of retweets and a lot of people chiming in and saying that they loved it. So, Are you, are you saying there's a lot of frustrated writers on Twitter? No. No. No, not at all. All right. So now let's segue into 2016, the year we are just barely in. We've just put our first foot in it. Mm-hmm. and uh, Feels good so far. Yeah, feels good so far. What what is this year going to be like? What are our goals for 2016? What are your goals? All right. Yikes. Okay. I've got a few. Okay. Number one, do this revision to the manuscript that I apparently will just be working on the rest of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I'm excited to do it. I really am. I haven't started yet. I took a nice, well, I was sick much of December, all of December, and took a nice long break over the holidays. And this week I will be starting that revision. And just to be clear, you are not doing everything that this one agent talked about. There was one thing in particular about pacing that she had Mm -hmm. mentioned that that other people have mentioned. And that's why you're doing it because you know, there are people listening to this show who are, who are earlier in their evolution as writers than you or I. And I don't want them to think, Oh, an agent said do X and she immediately jumped to do X. No, that's really important to say. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, and to clarify it further, this is feedback I've had from probably 10 people over the past three years that this manuscript has been in existence, including a bunch of agents. So, um, you know, in the 10th time you start to think, okay, I thought I did. I thought I took care of a lot of it in this revision. I thought so too. Yeah. Thank you. And Um, I mean, and I said to you, I did not agree with most of what this person had to say. Right. Yeah. Um, 
and so I was sort of surprised um, a couple of shows ago when you said that you were going to do a revision based on what this person said. Because yeah. we hadn't talked about it yet, other than that I had said yeah. I didn't agree with it. Well, I really liked your revision slash pacing recommendation. The, oh, should the we? Barry should we method. The, the Barry Liga cheat method yeah. of fixing your pacing? And this isn't all I'm going to do, of course, right. but it is going to be my first step. It's a good first step. Let me just tell people what this is. Um, when I originally wrote I Hunt Killers, I had the first draft of I Hunt Killers, and I was worried that it started off a bit slow. And I feel like most of my books start slow, but that doesn't usually bother me because I feel like they're nice, slow builds. But Killers was a thriller. I wanted it to crackle from the beginning. And I wasn't sure what to do about it, and, it, and I, I felt very stressed about it. I had a lot of agita about it. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to take those first hundred pages of the book, because I think that's the problem, and I'm going to cut 10% of it. 10 pages. What was 100 pages will become 90. That's what I'm going to do. And it was it was purely arbitrary. And then I thought, well, how am I going to do that? Because <laughs> I don't like cutting things. <laughs> you know, every word is sacred. Like, as soon as I write it, yeah. it's sacred. <laughs> and, uh, and I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I thought about it, and I thought, you know, there's on average 250 words to a page. I'll just cut 25 words from each page. <laughs> I took a very mechanical view of it. Yeah. And that's what I did. I just, I thought there's got to be 25 words on each page that can come out, mm-hmm. even if it's just like adjectives, right. you know? Yeah. And, and obviously I couldn't do that precisely, yeah. but you know, on some pages it was 20 on some it was 30, but I went into it with that attitude of look at each page as itself mm-hmm. and just see, can I cut 10% of this? And it really helped me to start to whittle down those first yeah. hundred pages. And, you know, I don't know that that's the best way to do things, but I think when you're sort of stuck and you're not sure when all you know is this is too slow yeah. and you don't, and you don't know what else to do, yeah. just start cutting some words right? and, and it could help. So, yeah, yeah. you know, I, I suggested that to you a few days ago and you were kind of like, Ooh, so yeah, hopefully that'll uh, yeah, help. I think that's a really good first step for me to take as I go through. So I'll be doing that. So anyway, um, goal is for revising that again. And obviously, a goal is to sign with an agent and right. sell this GD book. GD. God damn. I thought it was YA. <laughs> Touche. And then my second goal is also writing focused, and it's about finishing up a couple of essays that I've been working on. I'm just about finished with one, uh, which is very exciting. Um, Barra, I'll be sending it to you, I think, this week. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and I think I'll be sending it to some of my writing critique partners as well, just to get a totally different perspective on it. Uh, and then pitch those, which I'm excited to do. And th- so those are my, my writing goals. Okay. So that's really where my head is right now. Okay. So over to you. Uh, I want to write another book this year. Okay. I want to finish this. What was the term you used? GD. <laughs> Billy Dent story, which is very close. It has taken me much longer than it should have. I think I wrote my novel last year in less time than it took me to write this story. Probably. Um, so I want to finish the Billy story. Um, I've got a weird sort of collection of short stories that I want to try to do something with this year. And I'm being intentionally vague because I don't, it might slip to next year depending on timing. Okay. Um, and in addition to finishing one book this year, I want to at least start on another one. Nice. I'd like to at least start on another one. Yeah. So th- those are, are my writing goals. Uh, I, I want to do, you know, I've got a book coming out in August, The Secret Sea. Yeah. I want to do something fun when I that comes out. I love this book. I cannot wait for this book. It, it, it is really 
I love this book so much, and I feel like I feel like it's one of those books where you can do something fun with it. Yeah. And I haven't figured out what that is yet, but I want to do something fun when it comes out to sort of celebrate it and have people get caught up in it, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, so we'll see. Also, I just want to put a plug out there. The arcs of The Secret Sea are out now. Yeah. So if you see one in the wild or you have one, tell us. Yeah. and We'd if, love to know. If you have one, read it and like, like start telling people about it. Like, <laughs> help me out here, man. Post a review on Goodreads. Do something. Um yeah, so so that's really cool. And then you know, I, I, a, a goal that I just have to have for myself is just to to be a, a better, more patient father. Aww. You know, I just that's just you know. You're a fantastic. Well, father. but you can always be better. Yeah. It's something you can yeah. always be better at. Yeah. You know? um, I so, do. Yeah. Um, in that vein, I mean, I don't know how how personal we're getting here, but I have been thinking over the past couple of months that um, I want to practice more kindness in general. I think I've gotten very... Because you are uh, such a horrendous bitch. <laughs> you heard it here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, I think I, um, I think it's easy for me to, to jump into impatience or snarkiness or attitude or judgment um, when, I'm, when I dislike things or whatever. And yeah. I, so I'm really just trying to um, cultivate more kindness in my da- day-to-day life. So yeah. that's something I'm working on. I- yeah, I, I wish I were a better person because that would be one of my goals too. <laughs> and at least one yoga class a week. At is least also one my yoga goal class. For a week. There you go. There you go. You know, everyone needs a stretch goal. That's my stretch goal. That's a stretch goal. goal. <laughs> we're kickstarting Morgan's life, everybody. <laughs> All right, cool. So those are our, our goals. But now I want to do something. You know, one of the geeky tech podcasts that I listen to uh, for their last episode of 2015, they did their wishes for 2016, okay. what they want to see from the tech industry for 2016. And so I want us to talk about what we wish for in 2016 in the four categories that okay. we have for this podcast. So parenthood, marriage, writing, and publishing. What do we wish for? What's on our wish list? It can be, it can be crazy. I mean, it can be anything. It's a wish list, right? Okay. It's, it's a wish list. Okay. So you start, why, why don't we alternate? You sure. Start with one. Sure. I'll start. I will start with parenthood. Okay. I will start with parenthood. My, my wish list, uh, for parenthood, what I would like this year. I, I, I want her to start talking. <laughs> I cannot wait. She's, I feel like she's so close. She's so close. I feel like she's trolling us sometimes <laughs> because sometimes she will look at us and go, Gabaga! And you're like, wait, what? And then she's like, and she gives yeah, us a look like, yeah. I don't know. I didn't hear anything, dude. Wasn't me. It was a dog. And I'm like, we don't have a dog. And so I feel like she's really close. And I feel like she's one of those kids who just one day is going to start talking in like, in chapters. In yeah, Not even full like, sentences. In chapters. Yeah. Look at who her parents are. And and I just, you She'll know. She'll be like, folks, I have a monologue prepared. Right, exactly. You know. Speaking of dinner, I was thinking the other day about where does our food come from? Yeah. So I feel like that's what's going to happen. And I just, I, you know, she walks. Yeah. She, she has a personality. Oh yeah. She smiles. She laughs. She, she throws temper tantrums. She does all these things. I, I want her to talk. I cannot wait for her to talk. I was a really late talker. I didn't talk till I was like over two. So it might not be till the end of the year before right, she yeah. starts talking, but that's what I want. Well, and what it's about funny, you? One of my, well, just jumping in on that. One of my favorite stories from over the holidays was, uh, we were out uh, during the day. We were at an, another house all day with family celebrating, hanging out. 
And so we got home for the baby's dinner a little bit later than we normally would have started it. So she started to get cranky. So my mom had her and was putting her in the high chair and she was whining a lot. And it was her like, give me food cry. And I was preparing things and I walked over and I, you know, I'm just talking to her to try and calm her down as she's, as she's fussing. And I said, Oh, are you hungry? And she goes, yes. And my mom and I just froze and looked at each other with jaws on the floor. And right. we were like, she just said that, and right? she's so, never done it since. No. Yeah. So that was really that, like, she said it. She Maybe said that's yes. the trick. Maybe you have to push her. To her limit. To yeah. her limit. Seriously. You know? Like, huh. Yeah. This, yeah. Could, this could get ugly real quick. <laughs> so that's a good goal. Um, yeah. I would actually It's a lot of goals. My wish. Your wish. My wish is, I mean, this is a little, maybe a cop out, but- to just see her continue to grow and here's that word again, flourish. Yeah. Because that's the word of the day. It is. It's yeah. like Sesame Street. Uh-huh. That's the word on the street. Thank you, Murray. She, <laughs> she really is uh, like, I, maybe I say this every couple of weeks, but I just feel like she has blossomed again over the past couple of weeks, over this holiday season, really. Um, she finally let go of my hands when she's walking most of the time now. And I was just thinking today, I heard the pitter patter of little feet and I turned around thinking she was right in a certain spot and she was all the way across the room right. and it's really cool to see. So, um, so I just am really excited for, for these wishes of her being a little bit more independent in terms of playtime and, and walking and running and, and things like that. The talking, um, yeah. Cool. Okay. So marriage. Oh, my wish list for marriage. Yeah. I will tell you, I, I think for relatively new parents, I think we've done a pretty good job of carving out spaces for ourselves, just mm-hmm. the two of us, which I think is really important. And my wish for 2016 is that we keep doing that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I keep thinking about, you know, these poor schmucks who never do that. And then the kids go off to college and they either end up like living separate lives in the same house or they get divorced in their sixties. And it's like, how miserable is that, that you put all this effort into raising your kids and inculcating your values in them and turning them into productive, independent citizens and then sending them off on this great adventure that is life. And your reward is misery and loneliness. Right. Right. That just seems horrible and depressing. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I want us to keep, this year, finding those ways and those spaces to, yeah. to, to be together. I'm going to be even more concrete and say my wish for our marriage for 2016 is that we have regular date nights, which again okay. is such a cheesy term and yeah. whatever. But you know, last week my mom was here babysitting and it was a holiday. So I got out of work early and you and I went to the movies and to dinner. And I was thinking Which then, feels so... It feels so luxurious. It does. Um, but I was really thinking about how there's a tendency, I think, even when you have a fantastic relationship with your partner, to sort of default into roommate status yep. when life is so busy. So um, so I just really appreciated it. it. It was just so, again, so corny. But when we went out to dinner in a movie last week, I really felt like... Oh yeah, this is the, this is where the magic happens yep. too. Like I love the day to day with you, of course, but it is really nice to to feel special sometimes. Yeah, so definitely. So that's a wish. Cool. All right, publishing. Oh, <laughs> I will. I'll go ahead. I'll go first. Okay. Uh, publishing. You know my my my. I want I want to see the publishing industry 
Take some risks. Oh, you literally verbatim took it out of my mouth. I feel like we should be playing new, the newlyweds game or something as we hold up the signs here. I mean, I just... Oh. I want to see... My wish is to see something new and unexpected. There are so many opportunities. Yeah. You know, and, and publishing is such a hidebound business. And that's part of what we love about it. Let's be honest. That's part of what we love about it. That... that that the the art and the science of writing a story and telling a story has not changed dramatically mm-hmm. since Gutenberg, you know? Yeah. And that's wonderful, and that's what we love about it, and that's what gives it its power and its potency and its longevity. But there are so many opportunities afforded to us now, and I feel like publishing is such a risk-averse industry. Yeah. And I feel like it's also an industry that tends to cry poverty a lot. Yes. I feel like people sent tend to shrug their shoulders and go, well, you know, we're not the video game industry. Right. We don't we're not, we're not the Hollywood, we're not yeah. Hollywood, you know, blah, which all true. But you know what? The big publishers are multi-billion dollar mm-hmm. conglomerates. Yes. There is money. Mm-hmm. There is money. There's, I should the, say there's enough money for some people in the industry to be forward thinking and to take risks. Right. Right. There is that freedom. And, and I feel like, you know, I have, I've talked before on the show about conversations I've had with people in the industry, people who work at publishing houses, people who are authors or freelancers in some way. And the one thing that everybody agrees on is that right now everybody is scared. Yeah. God, so weird. That is the, the term that comes up more than any other scared. There are some other less kind terms that come up and this is the time to take chances. This is the time to take risks. And sure, you want them to be calculated risks, but but try something. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, I, I, I've used this analogy before. Maybe I've even said it on the show before. I can't remember. But, you know, when Steve Jobs came back to Apple in 1996, 1997, the company was 90 days away from bankruptcy. Yeah. And... He didn't say, well, let's batten down the hatches and keep doing what we're doing and right, cross yeah. our fingers and hope that we get through. He said, no, we're going to stop doing everything we've been doing and we're going to do something crazy. We're going to make a computer that looks like a big gumdrop and we're going to take out the floppy drive mm-hmm. and we're going to take out all the ports that everybody's used to having and we're going to sell that. And he he bet the company on it and it worked. And Publishing's not in dire straits like right, that. Like yeah. publishing isn't ninety days away from bankruptcy. Yeah. Try something. You know the buzzword in the tech space is disruption, sure. and I I think someone needs to come and disrupt the publishing industry. Well, yeah. I mean, I I, I feel like I feel like any publishing house worth its salt these days needs to put together a Skunk Works team that is designed to disrupt itself. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, to, to use another Apple analogy, you know, Apple, you know, they, they made a laptop and then they made an iPad and so somebody said to them, well, guys, aren't you worried that people will stop buying your laptops and buy your, your iPads instead? And they went, so what? They're still buying something from, from us. us. Yeah. They, yeah. they disrupt themselves. Yeah. And that's what publishing needs to do. Publishing needs, you know, get a group of people, get like five or ten really smart, talented people and put them in a room together and give them a budget and say, go figure out what's next. Go crazy. Go, go create something crazy. And if you fail, we're not going to punish you yeah. as long as you really try. You know, that's my... This is our wish list. This is our wish list. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. But that's what I would like to see happen. 
All right. So what about writing? Writing. The fourth, the fourth and final quadrant yes. of our podcast. Uh, my, my wish list for writing this year. You know, I talked before about my goals. Um, so I won't talk about them now. But my, my wish, God, do I hope the Secret Sea does well. Yeah. Not just because I like to strip naked and roll around in gold coins. <laughs> but. He does. But because I just love this book yeah. so much. I really like it. And this it book. really is the book the kind of book I imagined myself writing as a kid Aww. and I've written it now and it's going to be published and I just want it to do well, yeah. you know? And so that, that's, that's my, my biggest wish, uh, writing wise for, uh, for, for this year. Cool. Yeah. What about you? writing I mean, mine's pretty obvious yeah. to publish this book, this book that has been killing me. No, I'm kidding. Um, so that's my my broader wish list for 2016. But I also have a more concrete wish list too, which is that I continue writing regularly and start something new and hopefully finish something new as yeah. well. Another full length manuscript. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel like we uh, we have tackled the past, the present, and the future in this episode. Mm-hmm. I feel good about that. Me too. All right. 2016 is off to a roaring. 2016 is off to a great start. Thank you for being here, everybody. We really appreciate it. We're not going anywhere. And uh, we will see you again next week. In the meantime, visit us online at writinginreallife.com. Check out the show notes. Leave a comment. Tell us what you'd like us to talk about. Ask us questions, whatever. Visit us on Twitter at WIRL Podcast. And uh, go rate us on iTunes. Make that your New Year's resolution. Go give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Or whatever your heart tells you to give. Which is five stars. <laughs> I can hear it. I can hear your heart telling you five stars, five stars, five stars. So go do that. Thanks, everybody. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.